This episode of The Vergecast is brought to you by lynda.com, the online learning platform with over 3,000 on-demand video courses to help you strengthen your business, technology, and creative skills. For a free 10-day trial, visit lynda.com slash vergecast. That's L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash vergecast. Lynda.com is for problem solvers, for the curious, for people who want to make things happen. Maybe you want to master Excel. Maybe you want to learn some negotiation tactics. Maybe you want to build a website. Maybe you just want to boost your Photoshop skills. Go to lynda.com and feed your curious mind. You can learn a about virtually anything there. You can learn how to build a note-taking app for iOS 8. You can learn how to do a data visualization. You can do better retina graphics with Photoshop and Illustrator. Uh, there's an entire course where you just learn how to get Sam Sheffer's haircut. It's kind of amazing. Lynda.com will give you unlimited access to training on hundreds of topics, all for one flat rate. So whether you're looking to just become an industry expert, you're passionate about a hobby, or you just want to learn something new, please visit lynda.com slash vergecast and sign up for a free 10-day trial. That's lynda.com I want to say it took Mossberg four seconds to start trolling me on the air for this Vergecast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Vergecast. Uh, what is today? Today is June 25th. Uh, it's a very special episode of the Vergecast. Uh, we are joined by our new colleagues, one Mr. Walter Mossberg. You're supposed to say hello. Oh, hello, there Eli. Uh, and uh, the delightful Miss Lauren Good. Hello, everybody. Um, so, Dieter, I've got, I've got just tabs playing audio everywhere. Um, <laughs> so, Lauren and Walt are joining The Verge as part of Vox Media's acquisition of Recode, which is very exciting. Right. Um, they're going to be around. They're in town this week to meet everyone. Literally, it's just been three days of introductions. It's been awesome. Meetings. Um, Meetings, Hello's. endless meetings. Yes. Did, we had a good dinner. That we was great. Food, we had a good dinner. Thanks to Eater. Yeah, mm-hmm. our friends at Eater hooked us up. Yeah, uh, and we thought we'd have them on the Vergecast this week. And then later on, I'm going to somehow swindle Walt into doing a podcast <laughs> yeah. of his own, and that's going to be great. And then over, what the hell are you doing? He's drinking distilled Hydrating. water. No, it's uh, not distilled. Uh, I'm just reusing. No. I, I, Chef I, is in the hype seat. Is, can I just always. call hype on the giant? Yeah, bottle so, of water? Yeah, so this is how... You, okay, you don't call hype. Here's how this works. <laughs> okay. Uh, it, it's very close to... God. What Sorry. have I gotten myself into? Uh, so this is the Verge cast. Let's start, let's start. Let's start. This is the Verge cast where we discuss all things Verge for the week. Right. Um, we usually stick to technology. We have the we have formats where sometimes we you know get deep into entertainment. We get deep into culture. We you know Liz will be on. We talk about science. And then sometimes we have what we call hard tech Verge cast where we just get really nerdy about technology. Um, but the main format here is that basically it's chaos over here and Sam sits in the hype desk over there. Uh, and as we discuss various topics, you can ask Sam to hype check those topics. So we can – Sam, hype check the iPhone. It peaked a while ago. It's not like it's six or seven yeah. now. Like it's, it's ubiquitous. And the idea is for Sam to provide a number, but that the formula – There's usually some flavor there. <laughs> the formula that generates that number is – Subject to much discussion. Because uh-huh. I think it should change over time. I think the hype level of things of changes over time. No, you're totally right. Yeah. So that's the first agreement I've gotten from all, all week. <laughs> so I feel really good about that. So uh, just to, for the audience, we have been in meetings and literally just like introducing people and hanging out and seeing how things work. So we've been a little off of the news cycle. And uh, these guys haven't been on the show before. So I thought what we might do is sort of introduce them to everybody with – uh, kind of a state of the union and just talk about the big players in tech, what they're up to, how they're doing, uh, you know, where they're, where they're, where their hype levels are coming and going. You got to stop drinking out of a two liter or a two gallon jug of water. No, man. one what gallon. You, it's a one. That's one gallon. Okay. Well, it's still crazy what you're doing. <laughs> hype check your jug of water. 10. I- <laughs> <laughs> so this Walt and Lauren is the Verge cast. Peter Kafka is live watching. Uh, oh, yeah. He's our biggest fan, and he has already told us, Walt, that we need to speak into the microphone. You guys so need to thanks, oh, really? Peter. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Peter. Thanks, Peter. Yeah. Because, you know what? That's the first time Peter's ever told us to do I something. I think it's the first time that Peter has watched a podcast streaming live. This is amazing. Yeah, yeah. probably. Uh, so that's our show. No so, one lets him on them. Have you noticed that? <laughs> oh. It's just really interesting. Peter, you're in the hype seat next week, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. Um, Peter lives in the hype seat. Yes, yeah. No, he lives in deep Brooklyn. <laughs> deep wow. Brooklyn. Uh, yeah. Shade thrown at Brooklyn. Yeah. 
He wrote. He wrote. It's a it's, long story. Yeah. Um, oh. So, <laughs> let's, so the the frame of this we were talking just before the show started um, is who is Eric Schmidt at Google was at right. a conference with Walt on stage with Walt. Yeah. Uh, their conference was it D or a Code? It was D. It was mm-hmm. the D conference when it was in 2011. Uh, and he referred to it as the Gang of Four, which is Apple, Google, Facebook, Amazon. Right. Correct. Right. Um, notably leaving out Microsoft. Right, so, and yeah. I said, why did you leave out Microsoft? And he's, his answer was something on the order of they don't have a modern platform. And then he went on to make a point, which was – I mean, and, and I interpreted that as just he's hated Microsoft since he ran Novell, <laughs> which one person listening to this knows what Novell is. But it was a networking enterprise kind of company, and he competed with Microsoft. Um, but he left them out, and he had a rationale. But and and we had Microsoft on stage the next morning, and they fired back. It was Snofsky. It was Stephen Snofsky, mm-hmm. yeah, who was an important executive there at the time, and for had been for many years. And he was actually showing for the first time ever, I think, Windows Eight, which went on to, as you know, mm-hmm. conquer the world. <laughs> uh, and um, what, what was what was the hype on Windows Eight? I mean, when it at the time, the, mm-hmm. the the fanboys were rabid for it, right? Um, and yeah, it uh, people are looking forward to Windows Ten now. Let's just leave yeah, it at that. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so uh, Sanofsky made the point correctly because Sanofsky mm-hmm. is a smart guy, he's a student of history, lived in China for a while. Um, and that the Gang of Four was also a term that referred to the kind of um, clique of dictators that ran China for a while. Yeah. And so the, he was happy for Microsoft not to be in there. That was his point. But but Eric actually, putting aside the Microsoft jealousy thing, he had an interesting point to make, which is still true today, I think, which is um, he claimed there had never been a time in tech history where you had four companies that were platforms that were yeah. so powerful and growing so fast simultaneously and that it was just sort of an amazing time for developers and Consumers of, of of the products they developed, and that was that was sort of the way his thought process was working mm-hmm. on that. What what I think is fascinating is how all encompassing those platforms have become. Right, right. now, you can't um, you literally everything. I, I wrote a piece what, last week, two weeks ago, where the entire media industry, the whole revenue of the media industry or the music industry, is less than Apple's profit over three quarters, and they're totally dependent on Apple's platform to succeed and be the gatekeeper of everything they do. And Google wants the same thing in a slightly different way. And Amazon wants the same thing in a slightly different way. Right. And Facebook is literally just subsuming the media industry into instant articles. Yep. And it's amazing how big these platforms have become. And Microsoft is trying to reinvent its platform with Windows 10 yet again, the 15th time. Right. And I think the, I think the interesting thing is that all these guys, uh, and most of them are guys, um, had a had a particular thing they were good at, or that the, sat at the center of their uh, their formula. You mm. know, Google it was originally search, then you know, you know, then Android, Apple it, it was and still is. I think basically making uh, hardware with software that uh, kind of ties in vertically to the hardware. With Facebook, social, obviously. Uh, and with Amazon, it was selling things, right. but they're actually all now impinging on each other. Right? Like you, you know, you could draw these Venn diagrams and show all the overlaps of all this stuff. So um, it's it's like a giant four sided, or including Microsoft, a five sided war. Yeah, I think we, we should include because Microsoft's on the cut. We're actually no, talking about of course, yeah, it's really more. They're, of course, they're on the cut for trying again, but. I think if we were doing this a year ago when Windows 8 was like in full throat, I would say maybe you could leave them out. Like th- that didn't work. No, I wouldn't have even uh, they, look, there's still are hundreds of millions of Yeah, uh, and they're all PCs listening to this podcast running Windows <laughs> and that's what they do every day. So that is the legitimate platform that a lot of things, a lot of work, a lot of of uh, uh, browsing and other things is done on every day all around the world, right, Lauren? Yeah, so let's get into it, and I'll just ask Lauren. So we're in an Apple moment right now. Let's, I'm just going to go on the list, Apple, Google, Facebook, Amazon, Microsoft. Okay. Let's do State of the Union, all of them. Somewhere in there, I'm going to read read some ads. Um, and why do you think we're in an Apple moment right now? Just because they're the biggest? They're, well, they're huge. They're about to roll out Apple 
music, mm-hmm. right? They showed off the next versions of all of their platforms, OS X, iOS 9. Um, the iPhone continues to be a monster. Uh, they got Taylor Swift to put her album on Apple. You know, like they, they have the cultural weight that I, I don't think anybody else has. And I think when Google, you know, we look at, I look at it, when Google had uh, I.O. Um, a couple weeks ago, there wasn't just the wall-to-wall saturation of Google's. Like we did it on our side because we cover Google. But the rest of the world wasn't like paying attention to Google. Apple is like has one little tweet with Taylor right. Swift and like the world explodes. Right. And I think that Everything's moment is still very strong for them. So tell me, what, what, do you, what do you think is going on with Apple right now? Well, Apple Music specifically. I mean, there's so much Apple yeah. Watch. I mean, what, 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 no, what the part whole, of this I mean, are you So the watch, about? I think, is like fascinating. Like, Please stop talking about the watch. I, You're not wearing one right I'm now. Actually I'm actually not. not wearing, Walt's wearing one. Walt's wearing one. And I've noticed a bunch of people at The Verge actually are wearing theirs as well. But I'm testing something different right now. And uh, yeah, we can, I mean, it, it, it is definitely a moment for Apple, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they revolutionized the way that everybody pays for, consumes music over a decade ago now. They're now trying to do it again. Um, they're sort of, you know, they've taken this wait and see approach. Everyone now knows that streaming music is a thing, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think, you know, this is going to be a really pivotal moment for them in terms of their music services and actually what happens to iTunes as it, as it exists now. Um, they Just like they're doing with music, they took a wait and see approach with wearables and now they've just come in with, with a smartwatch. Um, but, you know, I, I think the response to Apple Watch has been a little bit mixed, actually. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think the early reviews were all sort of like polite and acknowledging it as a beautifully designed piece of hardware. Um, of course, like, you know, because we reviewed it right off and then Walt reviewed it you know, early on as well. Um, there weren't third party apps at the time, so we couldn't really judge it, you know totally accurately or or entirely at the time um but now like even we've seen lots of apps come out and people are still like yeah you know we're, we're still gauging the value of this yeah. thing so it's definitely an apple moment but it's like there's still so much wait and see and we hate saying that as journalists like we just well time will tell but it, that's sort of so what's going I, on right now so i think i think you're right but i, I would remind you that if we could uh get in a time machine and go back to two months into uh, the iPod, the iPhone. If you look at the reviews, the iPad got weird, bad, <laughs> bad reviews yeah. in the beginning, like no one's going to buy this, and it became the fastest-selling piece of consumer electronics ever, even faster than the PC. When I actually think the bad iPad reviews and people getting those wrong is the best thing that could have possibly happened to Apple Watch. Because yeah. I don't, I I thought everybody was wrong. Those bad reviews about the iPad were wrong, like off the right. bat. So, but I think the the mixed reviews of the watch are dead on. Uh, yes, of course they should be. But mixed. everyone's afraid to like really no, say but, it because they might be as wrong as they no. Were but Neil, the they should be mixed because the whole package isn't out there yet. I agree. Well, because they just thank you. Gen One. Thank you. It's, yeah. First of all, the hardware is Gen One, but it isn't that. The hardware is fine for Gen One. Yeah, it's. They just, as you know very mm-hmm. well, they just released what you might call the first real SDK for it, right. uh, where where a, a third party developer can write to the watch as a device. I mean, what I said in my piece, which was based on wearing it for a month, was that I had the feeling, and I did have some apps to to talk about that were finished, but they were these apps that you know basically are little stubs of iPhone apps. Because they didn't mm-hmm. weren't allowed to write directly to the watch, and mm-hmm. I and so I wrote. It just feels like a lot of the developers don't know what to make of this shit. Right, right. That's not going to be true in the fall, and we uh, all. So why owe, did they rush it out? Oh, it to our, I don't think they rushed it out. They took years to do it. The question is, why did they do it in these two stages? Yeah, because it was probably faster to get a bunch of apps out through the iPhone. It may have been a mistake. Well, it's also, there's look, also a learning curve with these types of devices, right? Like I was just talking to the Fitbit CEO yesterday and we ran a story about that on Recode and even he pointed out, and they've been around for eight years, we're still in very early stages of consumer awareness around these types of products too. So on the flip side of that, I guess, is if Apple had rolled everything out and saying like, okay, and here are a thousand apps you can run immediately on this watch and and you know, a lot of the app load experiences have been really slow or in mm-hmm. some cases you're swiping and you're like, well, what does this do here? It could have been too overwhelming for right. a certain segment. Apple of the market. is Apple. You got to remember two things about Apple and it goes through all these products. And, and one is they, 
you you guys mentioned this, but this is a truism with Apple. They always wait. They yeah. always wait to see what people right. are fun pummeling around in a category. They decide it's interesting to them, and that and they figure out can we do this better or more holistically or whatever, and then they try, and that's what's going and on. And then there. they usually really succeed and dominate the market. They do. They have historically. Um, secondly, um, uh, Apple plays the long game, yeah. and they can afford to. Mm-hmm. But, it, but to be fair, when Jobs did not have this kind of money, he still played the long game. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, in, in, I had lots of conversations with him over the years. I can't ever remember him talking about quarterly earnings. It just, <laughs> it just couldn't have mattered less to him. Yep. He never went on the analyst phone calls. I think he did once. He did once to burn Android tablets to the ground. Right, but the point is, basically, he didn't care. So, I mean, what the, I, I did see him super excited one time when the sales of one of the Pixar, the box <laughs> office for one of the Pixar movies came in because he was so happy about it. But so they they're in it for the long game. Um, if you look at the iPhone, it was dead in the water for the first three or four months. I mean, dead in the water. Mm-hmm. And they had to cut the price. Yeah. He had to cut mm-hmm. the price, and he had to cut the price again. Mm-hmm. And it did not – if you looked at the sales chart on that, it did not there – w- there was eventually kind of a hockey stick thing. But it was like a year. It was like after they had opened an app store and all that other stuff. Same with the iPod. Yeah. And so uh, it's way too early. To make. The reason I have a watch is it's a platform device from the company that as – the hype desk has just declared <laughs> has eventually succeeded in all done? these things. How have I brought these two people together? It will. It will. It, it, it either is going to be a huge flop, or it's going to actually become a platform where people are going to do stuff. Let's talk about Apple Music. I really want yeah. to talk about. There's Apple like there's music. so much Apple. That's what I mean there's by so, it's a moment. Okay, we can do the whole show on the watch. We can do the whole show on. I music. feel like Taylor Swift's next album should be called Apple Moments. Oh my, <laughs> oh my goodness. goodness. Uh, <laughs> Tay Tay, you heard it here. Yeah. So I checked Taylor Swift. She's a queen of the hype. She is. <laughs> she really is. She okay, go, 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 go through music. Well, we I talk mean, about so Apple Music on the show. I think every single week. It's been like two months. It's been straight. dominating what we talk because it's such an important thing. Yeah. It is. And then Spotify. It's music yeah. in general right it now is. is upside yeah. down. Emily and I were having a conversation um, for the past year, year and a half. All we've talked about in terms of entertainment and technology has been television. Over and over again, we talk about TV. Are they going to get the deals? Are they going to make a TV? What's Netflix going to do? Amazon's making shows. And it just sort of figured itself out. And now we're just moving on. We're like, okay, let's reinvent music again. And we're gonna, all we talk about when we talk about um, technology and culture right now is music. And it's just strange. It just flipped like that. Like we just stopped talking about television in the way that we did for 18, the past 18 months. So you're saying this is all just one big head fake no, I, I, I'm, I'm, I, maybe, maybe Apple's they're or finally going to do a TV. Or, or you're <laughs> really interested in music. music. No, that I, could be. I just think that the TV stuff has proven to be so hard for so long. Yeah. No, that, you're right. You're right. That it has slowly sort of sorted itself I mean, itself we were out. actually talking about this in one of our meetings yeah. this week, how there are a lot of smart TVs, but people are still hooking Roku's yeah. and oh, Apple yeah. TVs. They're still them. using over-the-top Chromecast, solutions. whatever. Um, here's... One thing I find really interesting about Apple Music, um, which, by the way, they did an uncharacteristically terrible job of presenting, as you yeah. wrote and other people wrote. It was the opposite wrote. of simplicity that yeah. they yeah. that they. And I, for. I personally, I mean, I think it's because they have this is part of their effort to integrate Beats, uh, yeah, into <laughs> Apple, which are different cultures. I mean, I was thinking about what you said. Actually, go through it because it's really interesting. Well, Jimmy Walt has a perspective. So, so Jimmy uh, Ivine and Dr. Dre, who uh, you know created Beats and ran Beats and got three billion dollars for it from Tim Cook, which for Tim Cook is couch cushion change, right? right. Nothing. Um, uh, he came out on stage. He had a lot to do with, I think, the design of Apple Music. And um, I happen to like him a lot. Yeah, I think he's great. He's a great guy, but he's a he's a record industry guy. He happens to have a, a it's almost a purity of vision uh, about music. He cares. He really does care about human curation. Since that's an Apple thing, also mm-hmm. uh, it, there is a fit there. But in terms of him coming out and doing a presentation with Eddie Q, who has become his pal, um, it was. 
it just was very muddy. It was very yeah. unclear what they're doing. And it's really not unclear when you break it down, but the way they presented it was, Wait, was I remember people were leaving and saying, oh, so Beats 1 is now the new iTunes radio, but it's actually Apple Music Radio and Beats 1 is a channel. Yeah, iTunes Radio that, is staying the same with a different name. It's, it's algorithmic radio. Right. And Beats 1 is an old-fashioned, it might as well be 1957, except that it's global. And it's a linear radio station. It's so weird. Uh, which focuses on the taste of the DJs. Yeah, but I'm not so sure. I'm no expert on this, but I'm not so sure that millennials won't find that interesting. I don't know. Even just the idea of, of multiple people tuning into the same stream right. and or hearing I, the same thing. Right, where it's, right. Or no. they may find it drives them it's crazy. Well, well, I, I think a millennial here for a reason. I think... Uh, this is going to be one of the most compelling things about Apple Music. Um, I think even like my generation, uh, we are all so connected. You know, we have WhatsApp and FaceTime. You could just it's you press a button and you're talking to someone on the you're, other side of the world. You're talking about the greatest generation. Your generation. Um, that's debatable. Definitely debatable. You I'm won more. World War Two, right? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> um, we could do an entire show of Walt and Sam trolling <laughs> each other. <laughs> Like, let's I, be really clear. I, I think that's that going to be. I think it's going to be gold. really special. Where uh, you know you can be listening to the same music as someone that's in a different time zone or literally on the other yeah. other side of the world. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's Apple, and everyone knows Apple, and yeah, I think it's going to be cool. It's but Apple, Mike, and everyone knows Apple. Explains a lot of things. It yeah. explains a lot of things. But my question is also around human curation not just the, not just the idea of the line, linear terrestrial style radio being streamed but do people really care about human curation when it comes to streaming I, music I think, like, do you think, I think you so. listen to a playlist and I you're like this was made by a human instead of a bot well and those I feel humans are icons that. also like arguably known around the world too in the case of apple music yeah. but i guess for streaming in general do you think people care about curation well, Emily, did you see Emily tweeted a picture of like Beyonce's like festival hits playlist on title yesterday? And oh, it's no, just so see. bad. <laughs> it's just like was no, this but, Beyonce? Like did she do this? Okay, did but, a robot do this? Did like But Neilai, where that, did this come from? That the, the, nothing against Beyonce personally, but I mean that's a gimmick. Quote of the Verge cast. That's a gimmick. That's yeah. a celebrity. Right. But the point is when when Jimmy and Dre and the and, and Ian Rogers, who most people don't know who he is, but he's been in the music mm -hmm. business a long time, the digital music business, and he's a very smart guy. When they started Beats Music, uh, and the DNA of Beats Music is in Apple Music, cl clearly, mm -hmm. even even some of the UI is in there. Their idea was not to get celebrities. They did. They do have some, but right. that was not their idea. Their idea was to get. The the best country music magazine. I can't remember the name of it. What is it? The, does anybody here know? <laughs> no. Or if it's Sam. rock, if, if country it's, music. If it's rock and roll, country music is the last music in the world to have actual guitars in it. And I keep trying to get into it because I like want to listen to guitar songs, and then it's right. awful. And then <laughs> this is like a monthly cycle with me. Anyway, the, the, so the so whatever that whatever yeah. that is, they had them curate. A bunch of playlists. They had Rolling Stone curate yeah. rock and roll playlists. But Spotify has a they had Pitchfork do that stuff. Yeah, but they did it. They did it first, and Spotify then also did it. And um, you know, maybe it'll all work out that it's all the same. No, remember when Spotify launched apps? This is like a crazy idea they had. They yeah, launched I know. apps I inside that, of the desktop, yeah. and the one app that was awesome and remains awesome, but nobody—it's rarely updated anymore. Is the Pitchfork app okay? But Pitchfork is in was in Beats, and it's in. I haven't checked, but I'll bet it's in Apple Music, where you can read Pitchfork and listen. To no, music no, 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 you can't read it. Right. So in they, the Spotify desktop app, you used to be able to read Pitchfork, and it would play the songs of the. Music I really that you think were, that's sort of not compelling. But that's like that's my Sunday afternoon with an iPad. I actually really like to do that when I'm listening to Spotify in the car. Right. No, I'm just kidding. No, you can't read what. Right. No, but like the idea. So I used to read. You used to right read music. over his head. I mean, he's like me too. You know what? Coming I do that too. coming wow. from Recode, I think we have to lower it a little bit. Wow. You know. Wow. I don't know what is happening. The show is over. What do you guys think about the price of Apple um, Music? What ten dollars a month? Oh, I want to bring this up. Yeah. Because yeah. here is the I've completely. But lost I mean, in terms of the, show, the, the not just the price that you're going to pay, but the model of it. I mean, how like Mossberg has a theory that we've talked about. So here's the theory. It's more than a theory. 
Uh, confirmation. I, I know it's more than a theory because <laughs> you let the insane take over the asylum. I'm really yeah. excited about it. Right? Okay. The show's been getting boring, and now it's going to get exciting. And then pe- there's going to be blood. It's going to be wild. Because our friend Peter Kafka, who knows everyone in the music industry, mm-hmm. um, you know, wrote for a while about this. This, and we'll continue to write about it. So basically, what's happening? For those of you out there who just want to listen to music and didn't really care or are confused about why is Apple finally doing this when they wouldn't do it when Steve Jobs was alive and whatever. What's really going on is the labels who were saved once by Apple when they started Mm -hmm. iTunes, the labels hate Spotify because there's no money essentially. Mm -hmm. It might as well be no money made from the ad-supported free tier right. of Spotify. So what they want is everything to be a subscription. They don't mind a trial period, but basically they want a subscription. So they went to Apple. And Apple also, at the same time, iTunes sales began plummeting, so they needed to do something different. So <laughs> there was a mutuality of, mutuality of interest there. But I am – I know for a fact that there were discussions – about, okay, if we want to get everybody to subscribe and we want to defeat the free streaming, ad-supported streaming music, which, by the way, not just the sort of um, you know evil titans of mm-hmm. the music industry, but even the artists and the songwriters all hate that because so little money is generated from it. My curious um, – or my question is why didn't they let Apple charge less than Spotify, right. less Super than 10 easy. bucks? And they actually had serious conversations about it. Um, they had conversations about six bucks, seven bucks, mm-hmm. eight bucks, you know, whatever number of just so it was, uh, just as a differentiator just, from everything else. Just, well, but just to look, kill Spotify, to look. kill Spotify, to, to achieve their goals, mm-hmm. Apple's goals, but also the industry's goals. How would how would they achieve their goals if they're charging less? Because they they would get more people. Because they would but, because but it would still be better than the ad ad base. They would get people behind paywalls. Let's ask our resident millennial. <laughs> which, by the way, I'm on the cusp, so I'm with you here in terms of millennialism. Sort of millennialism is sort of a world philosophy. But does it matter to you if you're paying eight dollars a month for your favorite streaming service or ten dollars a month? It's negligible, right? And so, what ultimately is going to be the driving? Whichever one's Factor better and whoever has Tool on streaming music. Because I have yet to find a streaming service that has Tool. Right, it's the one. I mean, but like, who, whoever has the most music. So right? like, if somebody, if somebody had Tool, they could charge you 15 bucks and it would be all right. <sighs> would I pay premium for Tool? Maybe. My point is is that I, the catalog needs to go deep. Well, no. But, no, but the catalog is the same. Apple's catalog does need to go deep because they're – and everyone's going to tweet at me about Google Music. This is what happens every time I say this. But Apple's catalog does need to go deep because you can just buy the tool record and then you'll have it. It'll be over, right? I mean, yeah. Mossberg's checking his but, Apple Watch. I know. Mossberg <laughs> no, just excitedly, excitedly showed me a, a uh, what Peter it? Kafka, who's He's listening to this, pinging the Apple. For those watch. who don't know, Peter this Kafka is a first on the. Oh, we talk about Kafka all the time. No, yeah, like it, so, it, Peter it, just tweeted that um, in fact uh, Apple wanted five bucks and thought at one point they had settled at eight. Yeah, and he had a link because, of course, he wrote about it. Of course, Lauren, to answer your question, I'm going. I pay. I've been paying for Spotify since the day it came out in the U.S. And when on June 30th, I'm going to sign up for an Apple Music subscription. And after a month, a month and a half, whichever one serves me better, I'm going to pick that one. But by serves you better, what do you? That's purely based on the catalog. Um, it's not about the UI, the experience. No, it's about it's it's about the UI and the experience. Like Spotify, there was one version of Spotify that I was able to tap the icon and it would be up in like two seconds. Now there's like a six to eight second buffer, and if I miss that when I have service and I hop onto the subway. I, like it, it sucks. It's, it's, over. it's mm-hmm. over. Yeah. Sam and I also uh, argue on the show every week about, about Spotify. About Spotify ba- has I think a Spotify bad, is garbage. A bad user interface. This, see, yeah. this is Period. why I don't here. like that it takes. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Just so what would come out of the bad. I don't know if it's bad. And it's I, usable. And let me just say, let me just say, I've interviewed <laughs> yes! Daniel Ek. I like Daniel Ek. I I like music. I like the idea of streaming music. I think you could put a little more effort into making a good interface. I agree. We'll see what Apple is. Apple's well, interface well, is really Well, Vergecast like. again in a month, and we'll revisit yeah, this we conversation. Will. I mean, I think Spotify's UI is garbage. Like, it just, it, it's not good. I use it. It's the one I use the most. Do you and, use Google Play All Access? It's, the tweet, it's just the tweets and the tweet and the angry email. Like, About yeah, Google I, Play specifically. Yeah, because we 
there's a, we have a lot of listeners who use it, and I have it. I pay for that one too. Yep. Uh, the thing I use that one the, the, for the most uh, is it doesn't. I don't have to watch ads on YouTube when I watch music videos on YouTube. That's great. That is an excellent reason to pay for that service. Uh, their oh, apps on the iPhone are garbage. Like they're <laughs> not good, and their app on Android is a little bit crashy. Like. None of these things are good. And the reason that I have been – these listeners have heard this from me so many times. I'm excited for Apple's because I think they write the best software sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Not all of the time. Not all some, the time. Most but of they the time. have a history of writing great and software and because they pair, compare it with their hardware. So, but one of the things that Walt said to me, which was like mind-blowing because it, ne- it had never occurred to me to think about anything this way, was he said, well, look, you're trying to integrate Recode, the, this Recode group into The Verge. And you're taking it slow and you're being respectful of everybody's feelings. That's what Apple is doing with Beats. So they're letting the Beats people do the stuff their way because Tim Cook knows – he said Tim Cook knows what he doesn't know. And he's letting Jimmy and Dre like do the Beats thing. And I'm thinking that's why this sucks. Like what I'm looking at is a product that is this, a series of compromises. Yeah, but you don't actually like know it sucks yet because no, you haven't lived like it. No, like it just like feels like a lot. It's a different vertical Having artists connect, having yeah. the radio, but then also a, a flagship channel within the radio, and, and then people's also. iTunes also being integrated directly into I the streaming services. It lacks, like it's a little, it lacks focus. It lacks focus. But it could be awesome. And it could be one of those things where you say, yes, aside from maybe Artists Connect, like I, I see right. where this all makes sense once we start using it, which yeah. we haven't started well, doing I'm, yet. I'm with but Lauren on this. I don't mean yeah. the, sorry, to be clear, I don't mean the product sucks. I mean, I mean the, the keynote. The messy. Yes. Oh, that was Neil. Right. I, yeah. We all agree on that. You, no, but you like, wrote a nice I, piece saying it sucked. I get it. The, <laughs> but in this but integration it's about the here, product. if you're going to check Neil right now because it's like a zero. It's dropping. No, no, we're no, approaching no. dangerous Walt, levels. Health. Walt, Walt is taking over. Like a puddle of burn here. <laughs> <laughs> the, it's not. It's all not right. a puddle of burn. Okay. Can, can we talk about what Apple? John, puddle, puddle, of puddle of burn. Let's I talk about what Apple is bad at. Yeah. Now, don't say cloud-connected services, because that's just <laughs> bullshit. Every, whenever, whenever someone wants to knock Apple, they're like, they can't do cloud because services. And it's like, yes, they can. Right. I wrote a VO script on my Mac on TextEdit, and I just popped it up right on my iPhone. Boom. Interconnectivity. Okay. Super quick. Wow. Okay. I'll say one thing that Wait, I... Com- what you guys... What the, the audio listener is not experiencing right now is just Walt just staring at Sam. <laughs> like, Sam descended from the sky on, like, a plane marked like idiot jet (laughs) (laughs) sorry we'll continue (laughs) Apple needs to get a lot better at cloud services and it has to get better at that for people that can't write a VO script (laughs) right it has to you know the 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 the, the, whether it's iCloud file drive is that what they call it or iCloud iCloud drive drive. Um, uh, whether it's the fact that they it took them months to get my Music right on match. Oh, yeah. They still haven't finished uploading my photos <laughs> to iCloud Photo How Library. How many photos do you have? I had thirty thousand, but okay. they have a lot of people with much bigger libraries mm-hmm. than that. Mm-hmm. Um, they they are not as good, and that's and I personally I also think that's why their maps thing uh, wasn't what it should have been. Um, Part of that is I, I like their stance on privacy and on, on device things, but it does cut them off from some tools that Google can use even while it's – So that's a good mm-hmm. – we should – we have five of these to get through. Yeah. We've done a lot anyway, of Anyway, that's their – so we talked about their strength and, then, and, that, and their to weakness. me that's their and I, weakness. And so this is an excellent transition I think into Google, Facebook, Amazon. Mm-hmm. Right. Because those are all – their platforms are all in the cloud, right? Like Google has Android as its one – Hardware, plat, hardware, software. They don't make. Platform. They don't make hardware. Actually, even the Nexus stuff, they don't make, as you know. Right, but it's the one tangible expression of their software running on a local device is Android. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's somebody else's device. That was a beautiful way to describe that. Thank you. I'm. I'm not going to show you my poetry. <laughs> <laughs> Your Android uh, poetry. What? <laughs> That's great. Real MFA workshop. I, I, on the that was, <laughs> I think that was Lauren's way of asking for a 10% raise. Yeah. No, that was Lauren's way of trying to build my ego up after it's been <laughs> thoroughly decimated. Uh, no, okay. Lauren, we'll start with you again. Uh, tell us about Google. What's going on? What's good? What's bad? What's going on with Google? Oh, God. But I, where, I, I honestly don't even know where to start. Pick, pick an area and we'll go with that. Phones. 
phones. Okay. Um, well, I mean, I think, you know, Google is, Android is very much the dominant platform in a variety of markets. And that strategy has clearly worked for Google. Um, I use an Android phone fairly regularly because I have to as part of my job. But I have to say, like, the platform I most go to is my iPhone and iOS and that sort of thing. Um, what else? I mean, I think it's interesting what Google has done to an extent with uh, Nexus, trying to introduce that into the market. Um, I, I don't know. Like, I kind of don't know, like, what to say. But I like don't have anything really. I don't have Siri insights uh, so right now of, about. I think my mobile. iPhone is a vessel for Google services. That's what yeah. I use it for. Yes. Right? I buy an iPhone and then I load up the Gmail app and I use Google Search and uh, Google Photos is wonderful. Uh, it's just funny. Like my and it's again. It's. I work at a company. We all work now at a company that it runs in Google services. Mm-hmm. So that is very. That connects a lot of threads, and I think maybe if you work at an Outlook shop or something, like it's not quite as dominant. But I literally, my iPhone runs provides me a window into Google. Yes, a Google life yeah. all the time. Gmail, the, yeah, Google Docs, Gmail, search, everything, everything all Google. Um, I think Google has done a really great job with uh, Google Now. It's virtual assistant. I think mm-hmm. right now, like that, there's a lot of talk of virtual assistants. With, Apple claiming that Siri is getting much better, and obviously we're going to see new iterations of Cortana with Windows 10. Um, oh, there was Alexa news And then today. there's Alexa news today from Amazon, and everyone's like, this is this is becoming a very hot area, and I think that Google has done a really great job with Google now. Uh, but, you know, Apple will, of course, argue that the way that they're approaching things with in terms of all the information being local to the device is much more private than <laughs> uh, maybe Google's approach. Well, um, let me ask, this privacy, I think it's, a, it's all a hedge on Apple's part. Because right. you think because they're, they're not flat as good in software. Yeah, and I, think they, yeah. I think they got I think caught. That could be it to an extent. Like looking in the wrong direction. And Google's I, like, it's partly a hedge. Yeah, I get what you're saying, but I honestly believe they deeply believe it. Yeah, and no, I agree. With it you. comes from Steve, and it's still there. And if Tim Cook would, Tim Cook uh, has taken the lead uh, in you know even challenging the government over encryption. This phone. This I'm holding up. For those who are not watching, I'm holding up an iPhone, which is pretty common, but it's encrypted, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Google has said it's going to encrypt it, or maybe they have an option in the phone in the latest version of Android to encrypt it, but it's not the same thing. Apple's a hardware company. They just decided to go and encrypt the phone, you know, and, right. they, and they did. Um, I think Google is uh, uh, obviously has won the war over the share of, self, of, of smartphones. They have. Um, they so are so far losing the war over the profits made by the smartphones, but they're not a handset yeah, maker. That's not where no. their money is. So it doesn't matter ads. to them. Right. The, but there is a big threat to Google. There's two, in my opinion. One is they're spread very thin, and that's why Larry Page has begun to pare back a bunch of their products that aren't generating either generating revenue or he doesn't think they're leading or they're not interesting or whatever. Uh, and secondly, um, and this is the bigger threat by far, is the open source, the conflict between wanting to get Google services on Android. That's how they make money, right? Mm-hmm. Android is free, but you get this big Google search bar and you get Google Maps and you get Gmail and you get all these things. And they then can collect information on you, target ads, sell, you know, place ads, all that stuff. That They're an advertise, the advertising company. In the sense of that's how they make their money. But a rising share, over 20% the last time I checked on this, of Android distribution in the world has no Google services on it. Right. It's open source Android. I mean the example most Americans know about is the Amazon devices. Mm-hmm. But it is extraordinarily common in China. It's extraordinarily common in other parts of Asia. They're trying to fight back with a thing called Android One, which – they say allows for sub one hundred dollar devices, but uh, Ina Fried, our colleague at Recode, just wrote a story about how they've struggled quite a lot with that. Uh, or maybe, well, maybe it was Mark Berg. One of them wrote. I think it I was Mar- it was Mark. It was, it was Mark. about the the but, one plus in emerging markets. But the point is, that's the that's a huge threat to Google. Is the ironically the growth of Android yeah. without Google. Right. right. So well, other why, flavors of Android. Why right. why can't Google just manufacture their own iPhone? 
their own iPhone right, or and their, own their own phone. flagship. Their own flagship, right? Yeah, they like, could. They could. I think Andy Rubin, who uh, invented Android and who the, whose company got bought and who right. ran the Android group there for a long while before Sundar Pichai took over, um, uh, Andy – Andy liked the idea of hardware. Mm-hmm. You will remember the famous incident of the thing called the Q, oh which God. was a yeah. home the entertainment doorstop. device. Yeah, we had one in our office. It, we, so we literally, literally used it as a doorstop. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, it was very they, heavy. It was they, a very, they, super they, effective doorstop. They, they were very. They made it in the U. They were going to make it in the U.S. Right, in Texas. It was right? made of high quality materials. Mm-hmm. All the stuff, and they they never put it on the market. Um, you know, I think Andy had some tendencies to liking the idea of the, at least the idea of hardware. Mm-hmm. But um, you don't have the margins in hardware that you do in in, in software or in advertising, and uh, but it's not like Google's broke at all. Yeah, right? Google could do it, but I but just like it's just like it's not as easy as people think for Apple to do the kind of job online that Google does. It's not as easy as people think for Google to do the kind of job that Apple does with mm-hmm. hardware. Mm-hmm. You know, people just like right. humans, companies have. Uh, things they're really good at and things they're not as good at, and mm-hmm. you know they could go to they could go to Foxconn. And I mean, they could they could buy Motorola. They could buy Motorola and then sell it. Buy Motorola, right. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, right. Actually, they did a phone. Yeah. They did many phones. No, but they did a phone that was intended to take on the iPhone and Which the Galaxy, the Moto X. That was. Uh, but it's not. It's not. You, you it's can, not the Google. You can shrug, but right. It's no, not, Google owned. That company, right. Google helped Motorola immensely. There were Google engineers all over Motorola. I just don't think they period. were punching as high as they could be punching, right? If they're going to do it, just do it and do it right. This is the Google well, phone no, that I you've think been waiting. Sam, I, I completely agree with but you. We've been but we've been saying the point about is, that with Microsoft and laptops for ten years too. It's like it. I I think it was what Walt is saying is it's not as it's not that easy and. Faced with the choice between we're going to piss off Samsung and they're going to continue forking right. Android, yeah. and they're the hardware maker that has the better carrier relationships and the distribution. They're the only the Android maker mm-hmm. that is global and profitable, although right. less and less. But I'm profitable. saying when Google had that choice between we can do this on our own and we can learn how to do it, or we can give up and let Samsung do it, and Samsung will play nicer with us. Mm-hmm. They just like offloaded Motorola. So then that that mm-hmm. begs the question: What is the next Nexus phone? Are we going to see a Nexus phone this? You know, this year, uh, what does the Nexus program even mean to Google right now? Well, there are there have been rumors they're going to drop it. Uh, they I think they've denied them, so I assume they'll right. still Na- do it naturally. <laughs> but the Nexus phone is a is a as we all know is sort of a reference design. Right, it, right. it's like an it, enthusiast I, device. I, I it's it's the Android phone I choose. Right, and it's the Android phone most yeah. people Wait, would actually. Choose. So both most people is in, actually in a pretty tech. nice phone. I mean, it, it's enormous. Would you have a Nexus Six? Do you have an Android phone too? I have a Nexus. Or do you swap? I have a Nexus. Excuse me, a Nexus Six loaner at home, um, and I have a Nexus Four. I think that was given to us in some, in some code. Have conference you bought a, ne- a Nexus phone? No, I haven't bought it. Right. But um, I mean, I appreciate having unlocked phones around. It's, I'm it's really the proud easy to owner of a Nexus Five, but Nexus I thought 5 the Nexus, my favorite phone. Nexus Six was a little big for me. If well, the Nexus Five about- had a not garbage camera, I would probably use that as my main phone. We've talked about this a lot too. Like when you did your review of the Asus Zenfone two last week for Recode, right. and this idea that there's always going to be, you know, the premium for the iPhone, the Samsung Galaxy S six or Samsung Galaxy Note that people like aspire to. They're sort of aspirational devices, right? But you go to other countries and you see that like not everyone can afford those types of phones, and there are a lot of handset makers now that are coming in at the low end of the market, making actually pretty decent phones, and it's really starting to put pressure on things. And I think I look at the Nexus six is something like that where i mean i know it's not as no the nexus is is expensive it's not as inexpensive it's roughly it's 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 roughly the price of the same price right but you look at you know different devices like that and i don't i think they're you know they're starting to put some pressure so so anyway to me the danger for google is they might be losing control of android let's just say that they might be Mm -hmm. losing control of android and and they would say well we never controlled android but they do you have they give you a contract and it's uh, supposed to be about you know faster updates and not forking and all that's great, but it also has in it you have to use these Google services. You can't just pick and choose. You have to use this whole suite of Google services. Yep. This search bar has to appear on this home screen. That Finally, kind of stuff. once in my life, I can say that was my scoop. 
instead of a recode screen. <laughs> I was the go. first person to publish that podcast. That, and gadget. That's oh, fantastic. Yeah. What do you guys think yeah, of Walt Android Wear? Walt has to stand I'm, up. He's, no. like, he's like, good scoop. You know, I've got to actually stand up <laughs> no. now. The Walt's told no. me so. <laughs> I, I'm waiting for Kafka to, Kafka to uh, text me and tell me that what that, that they had it first. But anyway, uh, the point so, is, so that to me. That's your Google? That's, that's the Google. What about, so the, the, what about the rest of the Google suite? Because we, 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 we should go to Facebook and Amazon. Because I think Amazon is really interesting. Because I think everyone thought they were going to be a big platform company. They were in that gang. And then the Fire stuff, at least in my estimation, yeah. has no, flopped. I agree. Um, but I think Facebook is very uh, – All right. But let's, let's, let's go through Amazon because we can do that pretty quickly. Yeah. Okay. So Amazon is obviously enormously successful in two very important vectors. One is commerce. Mm-hmm. I mean there's a lot of other commerce companies – some of which are doing very nicely, but Amazon is still like the gorilla there, and they continue to innovate. They don't, they disrupt themselves, which is the key to everything, I think, in, if you're going to be successful. But Amazon, I think, in the device area, mm-hmm. which, which to be honest, they don't even need, but yeah. they just do it. They have the Kindle – e-ink readers yeah mm-hmm. that which people, Dieter Dieter Bond just Dieter, called Dieter just the, did a review on it the Kindle paper the K- Kindle Paperwhite mm-hmm. um, my wife uh, has an iPad but she just walks around with that with a with a with a Kindle and she loves it and she she's a voracious does she reader. have a Surface <laughs> just kidding I have a Surface <laughs> that's how you end that's I, how Walt, we were talking I about. have a Surface you have a Surface yeah, do we'll, you use it we'll get there right. um, <laughs> but but um, <laughs> So, so, but my point about Amazon is okay. So there's the Ian Kindle readers. Yeah. Everything else they've tried, even though they don't ever announce sales. Yeah. I mean, we know the Fire was the phone. The Fire phone was a flame out. But I think the Fire <laughs> tablets that was pretty good have yeah. sold. I stole that from you. I think that was in your headline. Yeah, we we um, headline. Yeah. Uh, I think the Fire tablets have been. If this was. Um, Apple and Apple was reporting numbers the way Apple does, which is pretty transparent. They would be terrible numbers. Yeah. I, I don't think the Fire tablets could be considered a big success. What about the Echo? While we're talking about devices, the Echo is a fascinating device, but it's brand new, it's brand and new. we just don't know. So I love the Echo. I, I bought one what, a couple weeks ago. Yeah, uh, I think it's great, and I think it will go. It will die as soon as Apple builds that feature into a speaker or lets other speaker manufacturers tie it into an Apple TV. You know, like Apple's got this home kit thing happening. So the idea that you could buy an Apple TV and it would sit there and be the brains of Apple. And you wouldn't even need it, actually. Uh, uh, they have a new... That Alexa would be the brains of an Apple? No, 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 no. no. I'm, saying, He's like, predict- I'm saying Alexa's he great. Said, like, he said I, he loved it. Right. And in the next clause, he said it's going to be dead. But anyway, Yeah, yeah you know, I yes. love Like, the idea is so good, right? It, and then Apple and then Amazon's ecosystem is so limited... That you can just see how Apple can swoop in and take the idea, and right. but that's assuming that they got the virtual assistant, the artificial yeah, intelligence sucks. part right too. Because part of the appeal of the Echo is this Alexa artificial intelligence software. Yeah, but it actually it I actually think the doesn't do that the Echo much. Is just that it is there, and it is so much easier to talk to a mm-hmm. computer for some things than type at a computer. Mm-hmm. Right, but what you're saying, that part, I mean, so it's a piece of hardware. It looks kind of, it's like an elongated speaker, essentially. Yeah, and anybody can, anybody can do that. Yeah. The talking to it part that you're, you'd enjoy yeah, so, so is the artificial I'm, intelligence. Right, but I'm saying, so at, like, Google could do it too. It, 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 the, the back-end assistant part is commodity smart. It's like tables, Alexa's table stakes. Smart, table stakes. Right, you can ask her the weather you can tell her to play some music. But it's not really – it's not a it, it's giant not leap. It's Google Now, right? right? Where Google Now is like – like the, Alexa never wakes up and says, get the hell out of here. You're going to miss your flight the way Google Now could do. Um, but what is amazing is having a speaker that's sitting there always. And you don't have to push a button on your right. phone. And you, I just say, Alexa, what's the weather like every morning now by habit? I just want to speak to this. I think this would make a great like holiday gift for normals. The same way that – I feel like Roku is so successful because a lot of normal, and I say normals, it's like you guys know what normals. Um, 
It's like not us, not people like us that do this for a living. Um, but like you go to Amazon.com, you see an ad for the Echo, and then you like Google Echo and you know watch some videos and read some reviews. It's like holy crap, I had no idea this thing existed. It's, let it's me let me buy the this. right number. What, what is it? Two hundred? It's one. It's one seventy nine if you have Prime. So right? yeah. so. But, that, but my point is, Apple could make a Siri Echo. Right. I don't think uh, they or, will. Or but or and I think this is the move because basically Amazon announced this today, right? That. Other hardware makers can right. plug yeah. into their APIs. Right. 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 There's no reason Apple can't say to other speaker makers, you can plug into our API and get access to well, Siri I, through HomeKit. Lauren, am I wrong about this? But And you were there. I actually should ask both of them because you were sitting right behind me. You were sitting, I don't know, next to me in the at the Apple event. Did they say something about the developers finally being able to tap into Siri in some way? On the was phone. This? Oh, only on the oh, phone. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay, but that's a, that's a step at least. Look, let me get to my Back yeah, to my point Amazon, about Amazon. Yeah. I don't it if the Echo is a breakthrough and a big deal and they follow through and today's announcements show they're serious. So that could change everything. That could be it could be the next device other than the e ink Kindle readers yeah. in which they're successful. I'm only saying that right now, as we sit here, all the devices between the e-ink Kindle and maybe the Echo have not <laughs> mm-hmm. have not been yeah. mm-hmm. have and not. the phone is a disaster. Yeah, and I yeah. actually remember I saw that phone uh, a little a while before it it hit the market, and I thought and they and you know they have serious people who um, have, have been at other companies doing uh, hardware for a while. They thought they they were very serious about not just selling stuff through it, yeah, but actually being a phone power. And the problem was, and it's Microsoft's problem too. I mean, it's a funny thing in that business. You start late, and it's very hard mm-hmm. to get people to think you've got the gimmick, or the you know the the that in their case it was you you kind of flipped <laughs> that it. Was real dumb and. It demoed great in Seattle when mm-hmm. I was there, saw it, and then I got my review unit, and, like, my wrist got tired. <laughs> and it worked okay going right, but not going left yeah. in my case. And, you know, I you could dig up the review I wrote I wrote about that. But um, so they may not need the device business because they've got the, the other vector that I didn't even mention that we all know about, but average people – who use Amazon don't necessarily know about is they have this whole back end. You know, yeah. they 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 are the they are the servers for everybody else's. But what's, it's mm-hmm. AWS. But what's interesting about that is those are those are other companies, right? They they're a platform provider, but they don't yeah. get any they don't get any intelligence across all those companies. No, they don't. But they make money. But they make money. It. But it's interesting that that would be that's like. No, but they are in a way. That's kind of being a platform, right? No, it's, no, companies. it is being a platform. So they're a platform there, and they're a commerce platform, mm-hmm. and those are that's both pretty powerful, right? All right, so we should do, and while I know you have a hard app, but we should do five or ten on Microsoft if we have if you have time, because I think Microsoft, if we're if if we're in an Apple moment, there is a Microsoft moment coming with Windows ten, but in my estimation, that moment is coming, sort of. It's like careening towards us. It does not feel like an orderly – and by design, right? They've done a lot of Windows 10 out in the open. There's a lot of walk back on the new start screen and versus the desktop. They're kind of, it's kind of like back to the future with they've made 10. They've made – this – Tom Warren knows the exact count. I don't. But I think they've made at least three revisions of Windows 8. Yeah. And now with Windows 10, there's going to be another one. That are basically backpedaling from mm-hmm. the original concept yep. of, of Windows 8. Um, here's the here's the short my, my short point of view on Windows 10, which is not about the quality of Windows 10. Windows 10 is designed much more for reviving their phone than for uh, improving PCs. Although, right. and that I'm not saying really it shocking. won't improve yeah. PCs, but. PCs are not a market that's growing nearly as fast as phones, and so the phones is really crucial to them. They have a universal app format. So if you are a developer, uh, Lauren, and you decide to make a Windows a Windows 10 app that's right. for – I'm a Windows developer. You are. <laughs> you are. Worst user story ever. You are. That's what I do on my Saturdays. <laughs> I know. Oh, man. And, the Windows developers who listen to this, and your productivity is way High down because of the cat. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, um, 
So the, here's their idea. Mm-hmm. Get everybody to upgrade to Windows 10 on the PC, of mm-hmm. which there are hundreds of millions in their install base. I don't know the exact number. Actually, I think they promised a billion devices, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, a billion. And once you upgrade on the PC... Then there exists a Windows 10 app that can also run on the phone. Right. They're and universal. then all of a sudden, the Windows phones it's the same have a whole bunch of code. Apps, right, right. Right. Have a whole bunch of apps. Mm-hmm. And that's been one of their big problems with phones. Here's the interesting thing. Historically, Microsoft has never cared about upgrading to new versions of Windows. Mm-hmm. It's been about 10% of their Windows business. It's been difficult because the hardware didn't support the new version of Windows. We've all tried it. We all know this. Um, it's a, usually a good uh, column for reviewers. We'll probably do it again. <laughs> um, and uh, but this time they've and so they, they've just not cared about it. Plus, their partner Intel and their OEM partners like Dell they wanted an HP. They wanted you to go out and buy a new PC anyway. Right. This time, Microsoft's interests in the phone, which is such a strategic product, requires them to get all these hundreds of millions yeah. of people with PCs to upgrade to Windows 10 so that developers will say, okay, there's a huge market for my right. Windows 10 app. I'm going to be really interested to see how many people are going to want right. to do that. Is it going to be easy? All that stuff. Well, so this tell is like very counterintuitive. Yeah, tell us about your Surface. I want to know about your Surface. Which one do you have? I, I have the original Surface. Such a troll. <laughs> Am I trolling? That was built <laughs> on so an arm. And I bought it because it was the first computer, not counting the Xbox. I mean, the first standard computer uh, that Microsoft had ever made. And I think they did a good job on the hardware on it. They did. And not the software. But they did a good job on the hardware. And I also thought it was smart to do it on arm. I thought it was dumb to call RT. And I thought it was dumb to put a Windows desktop on it. Mm -hmm. They should have taken those Office apps and let them be full screen like people are used to with a tablet. And by not having the desktop, they wouldn't have had the problem of people thinking they could just put regular Windows apps on there. I mean, I I think they should have – our listeners totally know what I think. I think they should have called it Metro and it should have been basically their answer to the iPod or the iPad fully. Yes. You and I completely 100% That's agree on first. that. We should just end the show. I, I don't know if Mike I have a, not a first. No. <laughs> uh, do you use any Microsoft products, Lauren? I've been using the Microsoft Surface 3, the okay. in, a relatively inexpensive one that they put out a short yeah. while ago that runs on an Atom processor and it's really. It's really very slow is my observation so far. Um, So I'm not – I don't love it. It's not the kind of product that you're going to like, you know, run heavy apps like Photoshop off of and do all of your heavy multimedia work on. I think this desktop apps thing to drive the phone is – is A, when Walt said this to me yesterday, it's the most counterintuitive thing to think about Microsoft ever, that they're going to use their desktop install base to court developers into writing phone apps is – I mean, that is a like a jujitsu move. No, but that's absolutely right? true. I'm not making that up. That's but what is crazy to me is I don't know that mobile developers are racing to write desktop apps. I think they're going to say just open a browser. Just well, build a yeah, but browser, they won't be necessarily mobile device. So in other words, they want a better I – may, maybe I'm wrong about yeah. this example. But let's say they want a better Facebook app. So Facebook – which typically, I guess, doesn't but have apps on that's desktop. That's what I'm saying, yeah. right? Facebook yeah, is going to say, open question. your browser. Like, do better job of HTML5 yeah. in your so, browser. So maybe this will be a spectacular failure. Maybe. But this I, is but their I, strategy. But here's the thing. Strategies take their strength, which is the kind of moribund PC market, but still with a large install yeah. base, and use that to to le- to do this jujitsu to yeah. leverage it over to phones. But that's, I mean... I, and, and we're going to watch that drama and see what right. happens. And it, I would actually love, I mean, I, you know... It's funny I have this like MacBook Pro sitting here. Mostly it's running web apps, right? I, Walt and I both use Mailplane. Mailplane is mm-hmm. basically Safari with some stuff. I just started using Mailplane. Right. I've got Slack yeah. open. Slack is a web yeah. app. It's an app, but it's definitely running a, a web view in the background. And then it's just Chrome tabs for days. And that's what's like what's open on this computer right now. And I, it's, it's a really fancy Chromebook. It's very, it's, it's beautiful. Um, don't take it away from me. Okay, but do you yeah, use you any? Go. Do you use any? Oh, oh, can we say one more thing? Do we yeah. have to wrap up? We well, you do have up. to wrap. I no, I, you guys can keep going, but I'm going to leave. <laughs> what time is it? And then, and oh. then on Twitter, it'll be Walt walked Walt. out on Neelai. Hey, you know what? <laughs> Here's the thing I know about great television and great radio. You got to stage some stunts. 
You got to get the people talking. You got to give them something good. Well, we do have one thing to mention, though, I just before have to we get, go. Get to a train. Which that's is all. that uh, Recode has been working on its own radio show yes. for a little while now. And so on July 8th, we are going to be launching Recode Radio, which we're very excited about. Um, and we're also going to be launching something called Recode Decode, which is Whoa. an interview show on Recode Radio. By the most by feared and yet the most loved woman in Silicon Valley. <laughs> the sparkly vampire. The sparkly wow. vampire herself, Kara Swisher. It's going to be great. Recode Decode, July 8th. We're really excited. Recode's yeah. first podcast. Yeah. I don't think it'll, I mean, I don't want to say it's not going to be as entertaining as this one. But this is pretty. This is pretty fun. This one's all over the place. This was really fun for us. It, I have no idea how it was for the listeners, but it was Kara Swisher free, and then yeah. and Rico Deco would be Kara Swisher. I didn't care to anything. It's a yeah. real, real step right. up. Sam, do the rest of our engagements. Hello, thank you for watching and listening to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you, you laugh when I do my thing. Got to do, do the it, thing. man. Go, Sam. Um, uh, we are on Snapchat. If you've listened to the show and you've heard me say this, you know what's good. You should follow us on Snapchat. We are the real Verge on Snapchat. I promise you, it will be worth watching our stories. You should hit us up on Periscope. Also, we're at Verge on Periscope. Um, we take it to events. We take it all around the world. Something you want to see there. Uh, we're on YouTube. YouTube.com/slash/TheVerge. Subscribe if you haven't. We are going to hit a million this year, and you're going to make it happen. And now back to you, Eli. All right, and then obviously there's Rico. Decode. We'll start. We'll be promoting that across the Verge, but you can find the rest of our shows, Verge ESP and What's Tech on iTunes at iTunes.com/slash/TheVerge. Sam on Twitter is Sam Sheffer. Lauren is Lauren Good. Walt is Walt Mossberg. I am Reckless, the only person with that his first name on here. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, hold on, I've got to do a thing. And I want to thank Lynda.com for sponsoring our show today. Uh, Lynda.com is an online learning platform with over 3,000 on-demand video courses to help you strengthen your business, technology, and your business. Free 10-day trial, lynda.com slash virtualist. That's L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash virtualist. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you to Walt and Lauren for being here. That was virtualist.